We live in a fast-paced world where many people are too busy to sit down and read books or news articles. But thanks to Newsly, you can now listen to the news you wish you had the time to read. By utilizing AI technology, a natural human voice reads you the news, helping you grasp the information faster and more efficiently. Newsly provides the latest news updates 24-7, letting you browse articles from topics you choose. It even has podcasts, including ours. And listeners of Rabbit Holes can get their first 30 days of premium for free, allowing you to enjoy an ad-free experience by using the special promo code in our episode description. So download Newsly today for free on iOS and Android or visit www.newsly.me so you can stay updated on the things that matter to you. of reality and beyond i am your host kavika hoke and beside me the lovely the incomparable the entertaining the lovely miss sarah rodriguez hey sarah hey hi hi it's just a hey today wait you work you working too hard over there what is that hey well getting you down hey 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 Oh my God! It's it's been a long week. Uh, I'm glad to say, hey, episode two, right at you. We we at it again. Consistency. I mean, right. one, two. That's I mean, consistency is more around the block of four or five. But we gonna get there. This little engine can, and it will. It could. It will. It can. It will do. Damn right. We're climbing up them episodes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for those of you listening out there, we're gonna try to start getting some uh, special guests on in the next couple weeks. We just. Which is finding our, our form and our flow. And I gotta say, you know what? Like I was talking to Miss Sarah earlier. I love it. It's good. It's good to be back on the mic. It's good to be talking with someone I, I enjoy their time and their thoughts on reality, whether they be, uh, you know, important to 
you know, life in existence or just the escapism of every day. So that's what we're bringing you here at Rabbit Holes. The how do we parse reality and then how do we escape from it? So um, we're going to parse a little bit of reality right now and then we'll escape from it because it's the reality is terrible. It's terrible. We live in a pan. We live in the apocalypse right now. It is the weirdest apocalypse ever. You know, I always wondered what it was like to like live in the uh, the age of the Great Depression. And I would say that, like, since 2009, America's been greatly depressed again. You know, it's like Great Depression 2, Electric yeah. Boogaloo, you know? <laughs> so it's just, it's a weirder type of dystopia than our grandparents had. And we just, we coping. We coping day to day. How are you coping over there, Sarah? I don't know what's happening. What is the reality? What is the reality? Well, you know, for, for those of you who don't know, what the interesting part here in this relationship of, of, of podcasting, friendship co-hostitude of you know people coming together like minds but differences so you know we we kind of represent two sides of the spectrum sarah and i you know and it's and it's interesting like because i'm a hyper political guy you know but and it's not that she didn't choose to be a not political person it's that she just like you know what i would have to say i'm gonna stop right here sarah Let's let's explain to the people where you sit in your understanding of like the news and how how was constructed in your life as a child and growing up with it. However, you'd like to share that story, spit it at the world. Okay, so there's a reason why it seems like I never really know what's going on in the news in politics. Um, it seems that way because it is true. I do not know. I do not understand politics because. I was actually raised as a Jehovah's Witness, Woo! and if you don't know what Jehovah's is, they um, they don't believe in holidays. They don't celebrate holidays. They don't even celebrate birthdays. Are... What was that? I said they don't even celebrate birthdays. No, I didn't know what my birthday was until I was about eleven. That's when I what? Figured out no what way! Like I went, I went to school with that a Jehovah's right. Witness in the fourth grade. Like, sorry to interject here, but like, I went to a Jehovah's Witness. Like, I, I knew a Jehovah's Witness in the fourth grade. Like, her name was Ashley. I can't remember the last name, but so Ashley, Ashley was a Jehovah's Witness. She sat on the other side of the room. But then, when like the teacher had to do birthday season. She would do this kind of thing where, like, she was kind of aware that this kid didn't really like being a Jehovah's Witness because, like, somewhere before, like, even fourth grade came around, she became aware that every other kid had a birthday but her. And then she found out her birthday, and we would secretly have her birthday at school and be like, don't tell her mom. And then, like, four years later, her mom was our teacher in middle school. We were like, shit, how are we going to hide this now? Like, I know this was, like, four years ago, but don't tell anybody. <laughs> you know? Um, Ever find out? Uh, no, no, you know, and then like, I think she got out of the church, but that's, that's her story. Let's go back to yours. Like, what's it like? Yeah, I mean, yeah, so, so was when it's just, they don't celebrate birthdays, hence why I didn't, like, I knew, I was like, December 20, uh, maybe 20, you know, I knew it was like the, around the time, but I wasn't certain the exact date just because it wasn't a big deal, you know? Jeez. Um, we didn't do, uh, Pledge of Allegiance. Like, you were not supposed to do the Pledge of Allegiance. Like, back in... I don't know. Do they still do that even in school nowadays where they do the Pledge of Allegiance every single day? Yeah, they, they still try to indoctrinate as many children as possible. Which is funny that I say that. It's like, I, I, I come from a highly patriotic family. I consider myself a patriotic person, but I, I do not feel that you should force people into... Uh, 
nationalist ideals. And I feel that like having to salute a flag every day is no different than Nazi Germany. And if anybody wants to poke that bone with me and call in or yell at the show, go right the hell ahead because you know what? You know, I'm gonna drop some weird truth bombs today because like we've had some we've had some crazy I'm news. Because you know, haters make the haters. If you have haters, it means that you made it. So exactly. That you <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Haters, you wanna go on a hater date? I'll drink your hater aid and then you gotta deal with mine. <laughs> yeah you know so uh but yeah like i you know I, I i think yeah so let's close out the whole jehovah's witness thing so yeah so like sarah here like didn't know what her birthday was until she was 11 you don't really watch the television she didn't know what a mickey mouse or a dan quail was when she was a kid she just like she went to school you know yeah yeah, you, we could probably play. We could, you know what? I'm gonna start making some games. We're gonna have some extra segments in the weeks to come. You just inspired new segments, as I think we're gonna do like some pop culture political tests. And I'm just gonna like mention like names, and I'll be like, Looney Tunes character or political figure, you know? <laughs> and then I'll be like, and then I'll be like Sarah, you know, Sarah Daffy Duck, Looney Tune, or 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 you know, political figure, and then be like Dan Quayle, Looney Tune, or political figure, and be like, I don't know. Technically, both. He guest starred on an episode of Tiny Tunes. But <laughs> I don't know. I do know the best was a few years ago. So they were doing like the elections at Akaku, which is like our local uh, TV station here on Maui, and I was doing a lot of live live events for them you know a few years back so they wanted me <laughs> to be <laughs> I left to think about this event because it was so ridiculous that they had me do it so they're having me like work the crowd for this like election event I still don't know what was being elected who was being elected and I was like there's elections that go on in our own town I was like who are we electing over here but anyway <laughs> but you know you could have turned that into a whole segment in itself the camera guy and me were like, you're not. And so I was like, dude, what am I going to do? Like, I don't know anything. And I was like, should I just, like, try to divert the situation, the, like, the conversation to, like, something else the entire time? And I'll just like, tell you yeah, this. I'll tell you this, Sarah. If we ever send you on location to go talk politics, this is this is my trick. Whether I agree or disagree with them, it is our job as like a voice for people and a voice. You know, we gotta be we gotta be pragmatic, diplomatic, and sympathetic to everyone, even if they're a little bit crazy. So what my my thing is is like you let people talk, you let them explain everything. Like the the easiest part about journalism is letting people talk for you. Because then it's like, you don't have to know anything oh, okay. until you get it. And then you'd be like, yo, bro, what are you guys fighting for? What do you guys believe in? And then once you find out that like, oh, yeah, we believe in this. We're fighting for this. You're like, oh, that's good. But then the next guy comes along and is like, we believe in this and we're fighting for this. And we're like, hey, that's kind of crazy. And this new subject, you know? So, <laughs> but we're going to cover a couple subjects like that today. But yeah, no, that's that's crazy that like they sent you on location to election cycle coverage <laughs> and they didn't know that you didn't know. Like, I was supposed to, like, work the crowd, you know, and, like, be bubbly and, like, you know, just have fun out there. But it was the election. So, obviously, people were talking to me about the election. <sighs> so, I just kept on diverting the talk to, like, the food or, like, the entertainment <laughs> or, like, anything else besides politics. So, I think I need to get that footage. It's probably really funny. <sighs> Yeah, it, it, no, I, I, I would love, I would love to see that. 
I would absolutely love to listen to that or watch that. Whatever you got, that that's definitely some throwback Thursday material we should cover. Maybe we can even like riff tracks it and be like, "This is Young Sarah when they threw her to the wolves." <laughs> yeah, and that right there—that's where they sunk their teeth in. Up, oh, they're letting out blood. That's oh man, cutting your teeth. <laughs> So, yeah, so I think, you know, the bi- the biggest rabbit hole we're going to discover together is all these things that you've never really opened your eyes to, all these things that you've, not that you didn't choose to, but just the fact that, like, you know, you weren't afforded it because of the lifestyle that your family led, that yeah. you were led into, and then you led yourself out of. So, more power to that. <laughs> for getting out of it. But uh, that's another story for another time. But I think that, like, yeah, let's let's continue down this, like, what does Sarah know and what's Sarah aware of? So, like, uh, you know, as things continue, I'll kind of be, like, the, the news we have to cover because we have to live through all of this. And you guys should probably take, like, 10 seconds in your day to think about it, discover it, talk about it. And then we'll kind of find out. We know what's going on. Yeah, we have to, you know, it's, it's your civic duty to know what's going on. You know, more and more I'm hearing people go, I don't listen to the news and I don't do politics. And it's like, bro, you live in a democracy. Like one of the biggest parts of the exchange of being an American is participating in that democracy. We're a capitalist democracy. So you got to do business and you got to do politics. And you, sometimes you got to do them together. And sometimes you're lucky enough to do them separate. And then sometimes we throw in a little free speech and it gets a little crazy. But I think everybody has to encounter it to a degree. So whether you're dipping your foot in the water like Sarah here. Or you're just an angsty SOB like me every day about it. Like we need to meet in the middle. And we need to convocate about such. And we, we don't always have to come up with solutions. We just have to be able to at least talk about it and let people know how we feel about it and where we stand. So before we even get into this news, so that way people don't like create a bias or think about like, oh, they're telling these stories because of this. So they're telling these stories because of that. I kind of wanted to cover a small subject before we actually got into this week's commentary on the weekly happenings. Um, Sarah, do you do you have a are you decided on a on a party to vote for? Do you regularly vote now? Are you are you active enough to at least civically engage? I have I have never voted. You have never voted? No, I've never voted. Um, I have to go, you have to sign up. You don't you have to like sign up for it? Yeah. Man. Yeah. You... When all of that people are like Oh, oh, I just, I just, I just look the other way and I go, I don't understand. We literally had. I hate for my vote as a vote when I just don't understand it. No, so too, that. You know? So I do see the importance of my vote, which is one reason why I'm like, I don't know shit. So I respect vote, that. I totally respect that. There's nothing wrong with that. You, you're aware of the consequences of your votes. So you're like, I'm not prepared. So until I'm prepared, I'm going to just abstain. Which I think to a degree is, but you know, it's exactly. If I am knowledgeable about something, then I feel like I could add something to it. But if I'm not, I'm just adding stupidity, aren't I? An uninformed decision. No, yeah, exactly. You know, I respect that because I got to say there are a lot of people who turn around and go, I don't vote because, like, the the, the deep states in control of everything. I'm not going to vote because the rich get all the votes. I'm not going to vote because of this. I'm not going to vote because of that. And it's just like, that's excuse after excuse. But then when you say, like, I was raised in the craziest 
church ever and people didn't believe in reality so like we didn't engage with it so like to think that someone like you who used to be a jehovah's witness still doesn't vote yet at your age i think that's totally okay because you're still like you're catching up on how much history before you opened your eyes you know yeah so yeah. so i, I think yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah so we're gonna deal you in so that's that is like wow so we're gonna like you know and the crazy thing is is like like i I call myself a moderate, um, but, you know, the funny part is, is, like, for most of my life having being in California because of just, you know, relocating as a Hawaiian and that's how you do, like, the military brought my grandfather out here and we've been out here ever since. And, you know, I've just been playing tag back and forth. Yeah, yeah. So that's where, like, that's where, like... That is where my oorah patriotism comes from. That is where, like, my personal sadness with America comes from. And then that's where, secretly, mm -hmm. I was born a Republican. <gasps> yeah. Oh, but you're yeah. not anymore, right? No. See, here's the funny part. It's like, okay, so I'm going to give a little background. Once I was old enough to vote, you know who I voted for? George W. Bush. You know why? Because 9-11. All right? And I was, that was my year, that was the year in high school that, like, I'd, I just finished comparative politics, I just gotten done with civics AP, and I looked at all the numbers, and I'm a stats guy, okay, I come from bureaucrats, alright, bureaucrats, and master sergeants, and master chiefs, that's my whole family, like, there's a lot to live up to, you know, there's people with stars, bars, mm -hmm. and they're in charge, and so, like, there is, there's just this long lineage of, like, things to live up to, you know, for, for my family, so, like, the interesting thing was, is like raised in a progressive military household, Catholic Hawaiian, like you're going to lean conservative. So we like we hung out with that, like all the Filipino officers, like when we all moved to the same base town, because not that many Hawaiians. So we were always the, the token Hawaiian family in with the Filipino, Samoan and black families. And we were just we rolled with the unit from town uh -huh. to town. And, um, you know people always wonder how, how do minorities become Republicans, you know? And then you go, well, it's how it's presented to us, you know? And so that's why, like, when you see the difference between like, like Latinos and, and Filipinos and like Islanders that are conservative versus like mainland white people, it's all for different reasons. Mm -hmm. So like you're, so you're like average everyday white American working class person. That's a Republican has a vague understanding of what their party represents and they're in it for the idea that like it's this bootstrap conversation of we build ourselves we make the american dream you know and it kind of like it leads to like a lot of working class people leaning towards libertarian but you have this misinformed working class that just repeats inane sound bits and unnecessary data because they're hung up by exploitative politicians who just like to ring their bell so that way they 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 chant and yell on their behalf. You know, it's a lot of that Trump tactic stuff. And okay. whereas with when you meet like those hardcore like Filipino uncles who are like super Republican, you'd be like, uncle, uncle, why are you why are you voting for guys like Trump? He's like, because I like the American dollar and I like to keep it high. And it's like inflation will keep us up yeah, yeah. and be like, wow, because they are fiscally conservative. And that's the thing that you got to recognize in Republicans, just in the same way that you can go extreme left 
with liberals and you can get into like Antifa and stuff like that. The same thing that leads you on a myriad path of selections as being a Republican is that you have people who are fiscally conservative and socially conservative. So then there are plenty, plenty of Republicans out there that have liberal points of view that believe that civics is at the center of it because you got to remember, technically the Republicans are the party of Lincoln. This is the man that freed the slaves. I mean, mind you, back in his time, he was still just about as racist as everyone else. But when you think about the progressive attitude of the nation at that time, like first guy ever to go, yeah, let's give black people a chance, you know, <laughs> like, so it's, you know, yeah. the Republican part, the GOP has a lot riding on it for civil rights because it's the party of Lincoln. And it likes to tout that more Wait, and more. The GOP, as, what's the GOP stand for? Ah, I see. There we go. So the GOP is the Republican party. That's our, that's our short form name right there. You know, so we have a grand old party, but, um, so GOP. yeah, you got the GOP. Yeah. You know me. Uh, so who are you be? You be the GOP? Oh, GOP. Exactly for, so that's Republicans. But yeah. And then you have the Democrats. Democrats. So, so you, so, so the GOP literally means in. grand old party. That's, you know, so, <laughs> Um, cause that's what like they, they called it back in like the 1800s and then it turned into like being referred to as the Republican party. That's where the conservatives wins. So, um, but then you have the, the DNC, which is the democratic national convention and you, you have, and then you have like all these delegacies and all these people that meet in between and they represent the full spectrum on both sides. Um, I find that's what, what has made me considerably like pay attention to voting to the point to where like. I will tell you this, like I started as a Republican and then because of how complicated it is to vote on certain things in America and the way that they split the ballots for Republicans and Democrats, I have actually moved to Democrat, to independent, to back to Republican multiple times in my life because of the strain that it is on being able to choose a candidate because in a lot of cases they go pick on the party line and I'd be like, I don't like this guy. His policy sucks. Like, yeah, I like by nature, I would vote Republican, but this guy, this guy sucks. So I need to go vote for this person because at least they're looking out for the people. So I'm going to go boop and I'm going to change my voter status to Democrat. Or I'm going to go boop and change my voter status to independent. So what are you in when you're a flip-flopper? When I'm like... What are you then? When I'm, when I'm like proper, proper, like like what I, what I be consider myself full-time? Yeah. Um, I would say that I'm a moderate Republican. Like, really at the end okay. of the day. And that's kind of like the weird truth bomb I'm dropping on the air right now. Because, like, most people know me and they're like, yeah, that guy's got to be, like, super liberal. That guy's got to be, like, super Democrat. But the problem is, is, like, I seem super liberal because I sit on the center of the party line and there's no space for moderates anymore. We get looked at as crazy people for being able to, like, we, they call us fence sitters. And we're just like, we can't decide on a subject. So we just pick. And it's like, no, we make informed decisions. And I, you know, and quite frankly, like I, you know, I'd been having this like conversation with myself recently, just as we're getting ready for the next midterms. And I realized that like a lot of people don't know what their parties stand for anymore. And a lot of parties just aren't representing what they should be representing anymore. You know, and I personally believe that like America needs to get with the times and actually introduce a strong third party, just like the United Kingdom has and and parliament mm -hmm. over there in 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 good old queen's england uh but like 
that really opened them up. When I when I saw that in comparative politics class in high school and like how like they introduced the whole tertiary party and how like shadow votes happen so that way it could put a check on society even though those guys aren't in office, they can still stand up in the House of Commons and go, yo, bruv, that's bullshit and you know it and I'm going to tell the people. And then they go out and they tell the people and they're like, this is why you need to vote for me next election is so that way when I'm on office, I'll make sure that doesn't happen over there. And so then you're like, yeah, this is how we pay attention to the guys that are fighting for us. So, so like, what's really cool about that third party system is that it allows even the people who didn't get vote for voted in, they have this access to be around the votes that happen on the day to day end of the operations of government, and they can still report back to their constituency and go, look, I may not have a vote for us, but I know what's there because I'm there for you every day. And we're going to come back and we're going to talk about it. And we're going to figure out how to fight it now. And we're going to figure out how to fight it when you vote me in office. And that puts a constant check by having that third party that's out of even the majority and the minority that's sitting out on the fringe. And they can go ahead and they could represent all the lower end people that are kind of disenfranchised or just didn't get a chance for a voice to still have representation. Yeah. And I feel that that's what's missing in America is that, like, if I really could choose, I would love to be able to, like, find a real moderate middle party and just, like, be that swing vote guy. But Americans mm-hmm. right now, they see they see moderates, like, true cent- centralists, and they immediately, like, imagine this woke slash, like, man bun douche nozzle who calls himself a civic egalitarian and he sits on Reddit and he punches down all day and he makes fun of people and, and causes shit with, with both parties. And they're like, that's a nihilist. And I'm like, yeah, that's a nihilist too. So then how do I like call myself a centralist? And I'm like, no, you know what? Really at the end of the day, I'm a moderate. Like I'm like, I believe in all of these fiscally conservative things, but then I also believe in being a conscious capitalist. Like, if you're going to make money to spend money to build a community, you have to think about how your money affects other people. And I think that that's just as important Mm -hmm. as being a fiscal conservative is looking at the effects of your money. I do not know why more and more Republicans do not think about the effects and the outcome of their money because their money changes the world. If you really want to be the party of fiduciary power in this country, then you have to recognize the extension of what your dollar does. You are culpable until that dollar is spent again and again and again and again. So if you are going to be the wolf of Wall Street, if you are going to be that corporate raider, if you are going to be, you know, if you are going to really be a titan of capitalism, you have to consciously understand where does your dollar go? Who does it go to? Who does it feed? Who does it employ? Who does it clothe? And does it do a good job along the way? Does that stretch all the way? Am I doing good business? And I think that that's what's lost in the Republican Party right now. And quite frankly, what's drawn me back to it. Because I feel at the end of the day, like, I can't reform the Democratic Party. As a minority, it's not possible. Like, personally, I will say this. Like, I love the idea of being a Democrat from time to time because of the idea of civil liberties and looking out for each other. But more and more is, like, having to deal with California Democrats. It's an oligarchy especially in the Orange County. So you have all these well-to-do like corporate lawyers who become politicians and they're that media version of a politician. So that's why people don't like Democrats is because they see career politicians who are just scummy lawyers that occasionally get into party, but they make the headlines. So then that's all you see. So then when a guy like Trump comes around and says, we need to drain the swamp, you're like, yeah, because the only sound bites I ever see are when Democrats fuck up. 
And you're like, whoa, you know, he's kind of right. But I didn't vote for that, a-hole. I did not vote for the Cheeto. Um, I'm going to tell you, I voted for Bernie Sanders, Republicans for Sanders all the way. <laughs> I actually met a lot of Republicans for Sanders. I took a lot of pictures when I went to the rally. Like, that's actually one of the first presidential rallies I ever went to in my life that I was, like, attracted to go to. And I went to a local high school stadium, and he came out, and I was like, I was so close I could touch him. But then I was also so close, I was next to, like, the weirdos in the crowd. And she's like, you look like you have a loud voice. Could you scream some epithets out of him for me? I'm like, no, nah, I'm just here to take pictures and respect this man. I don't care which, where your party stands. Like, I, it's just you need to take from him what he needs to convey to get your vote. I am not here for policy or, like, no, that's – take that up with him. If you want to use me as a vessel for your platform, you got to ask me if I'm in on your platform first. Like, we're voting for him for different reasons. Or you're just not even voting for him. You're showing up here just to be a pain in the ass. And does that get us anything? That's where sometimes I do agree with the more right-leaning Republicans of like, why are they complaining about this when they don't have a solution? And it's like, they're right. They're not wrong. You know, that's like, where's the solution then? You can bitch about it till the sun, till the cows come home, but where's the solution? Whereas at the same time, Republicans just don't come up with solutions and then they just stay as quiet as a church mouse and they go, I ain't got nothing. And they just walk away. They're like, yeah, yeah, I ain't got anything for you, bro. It's just not, no, 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 and then Trump came along and I was like, this is not, this is not the Republican Party that like I was raised to see as a kid. This is not like what my grandparents saw. This is not what like, you know, my mom's cool boyfriend saw. I mean, he even voted for Trump, but he's still a nice guy. So I'm like, this is, this is that middle ground. I'm just like, okay, how do you see it? But then like when the dude gets on TV and like he obviously misrepresents America, misrepresents the truth, misrepresents, I was like, nope. This guy, no, he is not. He's not capable of representing the Republican Party. And if the, Repub the Republican Party wants anything to do with him, I'm out of here. But now that he's out of office, I'm like, nope, okay. cool. I'm back. Let's fight you for this. Are Everything that, like, when Trump was, you did not vote for Trump. No, I didn't. I didn't. It. Why the hell would I? This is a guy This is a guy that went on national television and said, I could drag someone out in the street and shoot him and everybody would fucking vote for me. He's also the same guy who, like, doesn't understand oh. international policy and want to close the border. I'm like, look, man, as someone who spent more than half their life in California, I understand the, the economic impact of closing the border. If you want to talk fiscal conservatism about borders, open the damn borders. Okay, you want to make more money for this country? Make it easy for a brother to hop from one side to the other so that way the expats are happy and yeah. then that way the immigrants are happy and that's why the workers are happy. Because please tell me someone else that's going to go work up in Napa Valley stomping grapes for $50 a week living inside of a van. Please. What? Right now. Yeah, do you, do you not know that that happens? There's still skin trade in no. Florida. Like, you, if there's anything, don't eat a Florida tomato because it comes from slavery. Slavery still exists in America. Yeah, it does. They've been blowing the lid on that for such a long time. There's a really good documentary that covers, like, the whole public scandal, Publix, Publix um, groceries out, out in Florida. Like, they had a lot of, they had, uh, you know, the extensions of their company stuff, a lot of farms. Like, don't completely quote me on the current state of their company because I haven't followed them in a while, post-COVID, et cetera, et cetera. But, like, these guys had tomato farms and they would, they would essentially send a coyote down south of the border. He'd take a U-Haul truck and he'd bring a hundred people back and they would shackle them inside the truck and tell them like, you got to work 
your your transportation to America off and then we'll let you go. And then they would never let them go. And so then they would get these people oh they would get these people visas and they literally like they locked 20 people in a truck with a bucket to poop in and no food and eventually eventually they used their nails to claw out of the truck and one of them escaped. Why? Yeah, and that still happens in modern America. People people do not realize that slavery still happens in modern America. And the current slaves are Latinos. They're they're out there in the fields. They're working for like 50 cents a bushel picked. They're working for $10 a day still. Because because we have deregulated the working industry so much that everybody's a contract worker now. So now it's technically legal to go and find someone across the border, pay them $10 a day because they signed them on a dotted line as an independent contractor. And an independent contractor it has the onus of making their own decision. Have you heard shit like that before? Has someone exploded you like that before? I'm sure you yeah. have. Blink twice if you <laughs> if you agree. Yep. And you understand that. Yep. <laughs> I heard this shit Exactly. So that, for me as a Republican, we have discredited the American institution of the workforce and our economy by making it legal to break the law. We are mistreating people in America. And I think that as a real aware, you know, and I think that that's the thing is like, I'm not going to use the term woke. Because there's still some stuff in this life that I don't understand and I may not grow onto. It's not that I'm old fashioned. It's, it's, it's not that I was born in a different time. It's that like I am but one man and we can only understand so much. But I like to think that my mind is open and it is receiving. And I feel that as someone who has always leaned more towards a conservative side in my life, that I have been running away from an actual calling of being the better Republican as opposed to being the Democrat that swims with everybody else. You know, and then that was the hardest thing for me, like a small thing to know about, like why at times like I, I left the Democratic Party and came back to the Republican Party is like I went I protested Trump. I really did. I, I spent time on the front lines protesting Trump. And then because he said a lot of stupid shit and then he made promises that he didn't deliver on. Like my my favorite thing is when people turn around and go, Trump, 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 uh, you know, fixed our taxes in our economy. And it's just like, bro. Do you, do you even do your own taxes? Do you talk to your boy at H and R block and let him tell you the truth. Go ask the bureaucrat, the guy who is not party affiliated because they, the H and R block representative has no reason to tell you a lie when his truth or her truth or their truth is in the numbers. Okay. Like I, I was actually having this discussion the other day at the barbershop because, you know, lucky for me, like I've gone to a barbershop my entire life, same barber. And then his, like my, my barber was the same barber for 18 years. And then his son cut my hair and then now his son cuts my son's hair. So like, it's, it's a long line of barbershop connections. And then, so for the first time in 10 years that I've seen my barber, random thing to know, my barber was also my tax man. Okay. This is a guy, this is a guy who served in Vietnam alongside my grandfather. He, he cut hair in the military. He got a, he got a, a doctorate. In, in taxes like this guy knows it and then like he part-time works tax season while while he worked as a barber his entire life and then gave his barbershop business to his son and then still runs his tax business to this day at like 85 okay and this guy's oh, wow. and this guy is a dynamo democrat and he's one of like my closest family friends like i trust this guy this i trusted this guy with blades on my head for for my entire like formative youth and this is a guy that, like, you can turn to straight to and go, tell me the truth without any party affiliation. And people be sitting in the barbershop and they're like, yeah, Trump did so much for this country. And he's like, dude, I do your taxes. 
please tell me, tell me, tell me how good he made your taxes. And he's like, well, he, he lowered everyone's taxes. He's like, I did your taxes. He raised everybody's taxes 25%. This is the highest collection season we've ever had for taxes. Yes, people are paying more and more on their taxes. And because the tax season now falls in the first hundred days of, you know, the first year and a half of Biden's presidency, he's getting the short end of the stick on it. So everybody's like, I'm paying taxes because of Biden. It's like, bro, do you know how policy works? Please tell me how the policy works. Do you think the second that he entered office, the policy changed? No. The economy is a slow-moving mechanism most days. Outside of when Elon Musk makes a tweet to short the market, the economy is a standard index of progress. So you're going to tell me that magically overnight, because all those people voted for Joe Biden, that the economy just fucking crashed because he became president and he screwed with all of it. It's like, bro, all this stuff happened four years ago when Mr. King of Executive Orders signed away our entire country for the dumbest things ever. He deregulated all the most important parts of the government. He overtaxed the working class. And then he just gave all these big ass corporate bailouts by shorting their taxes or by giving them great freaking state contracts or under-the-table deals on behalf of the United States government. I mean, crap, he sold like 900 acres of Zion National Park to a developer so they could put a pipeline through it. This guy is not a conservationist. He is not out to conserve our country and take care of it. He was selling it to the highest bidder. And as far as I'm concerned, Republicans are not sellouts. You want to be a real Republican? You own it, you keep it, you take care of it. You cultivate it. You conserve it. That's at the center of being a conservative. You conserve and protect. And that's what really I think the GOP needs to focus on now. That I think our next generation of Republicans needs to recognize. All these people that are disenfranchised from being a Democrat. But realize that the Republican right has just gone insane. Is that we need to recognize where our allyship lies and go, yeah, you know what? We're here for this message. But we're not going to get derailed on this crazy stuff. And I think that that's a lot of the big premise that I needed to make before we went into the news is that like, before you guys want to go crazy in the comment section, before you want to go nuts against me, understand this. I have, on most of the occasion, voted Republican in my life. Not because I'm allied with the party, but I'm allied with my community and I make decisions based upon what my community needs. Because here's another thing. What most people don't understand is on a local level, your politics should never be partisan. Your community is too small. So if you're thinking Republican and Democrat in your mayoral race, you have understood it completely wrong. Because what is the likelihood in a population of 190,000 people that you're going to have one or more way than the other? The base of data, mm-hmm. of people, of interaction is too small. You're, it's too many minorities. You have too many small thoughts lying around. That's what small towns do. It's just small groups of people with different ideas. It's not until you get to a metropolis Mm -hmm. that you have an overwhelming amount of one or the other. And that's what I think that the modern American was not passed down in the past two generations or forgets about or denies from actually existing is the fact that at the end of the day, we should not be partisan people because as we go back home to local politics, it is not about left or right. It is about what is right for our community. So for those of you listening out there who have not voted yet or who have not become of age to vote or think about how to vote in this next midterm election, make the decisions based upon what your community needs. Read up on it. If someone seems like they make more sense to you, go for it. If someone looks a little scary, question them. 
And if someone sounds like a freaking dictator, recognize it instead of getting on the Kool-Aid train. Because that's really what peeved me with, like, with the Trump train was that, like, they're like, yeah, we have to we have to sit on the party lawn and we have to ally ourselves with him because he's going to be president. And it's like, bro, no. This is not the party I signed up for. This is not the party I saw as a kid. This is not the party that, that you know, my forefathers voted for, you know. And especially as being a minority, as being a Hawaiian, someone who was just forced into this system as an indigenous people and went like, did we sign up for this? No, we had a tribal system before. It worked out really well. We had a monarchy. It was pretty cool. But then everybody's like, you're an American now and you have to vote and you have to participate in democracy. And I'm like, okay, cool. I'm going to participate. And then I find out that like only 35% of Americans by and large participate in the voting system and then everybody's pissed that it doesn't go the way they want so think about this two out of three people in america don't vote two out of three people on average do not vote and it's even worse during the midterms you're lucky if like one out of five people vote yeah people didn't vote you could put three people in a room and go i bet you that guy and that guy didn't vote and you'd probably be right and then in, in midterm elections, you're lucky if like one in five vote. And then because Democrats have gotten so slack on motivating on midterms, you're lucky if Democrats like one out of seven vote in a midterm. Like it's disparaging oh, wow. numbers. Civic engagement is an all time low in this country. The problem is not whether people are a Democrat or a Republican. The problem is whether or not people are actually engaging to take care of their country. Nobody is making the effort to kakua for their community. They're not yeah. making the effort to look out for each other. Because at the end of the day, Republican or Democrat, you have to live with your neighbor. You have to look out for each other. We have but one planet, we have but one neighborhood, and that is Earth. And we all we're I don't care what the color of your skin is, because at the end of the day, we are the same bag of meat. We just come in different flavors, bro. Mm-hmm. So we gotta we have to look out for each other in that aspect. We need we need to understand that like no matter what our differences is, we fight in the same fight. We in the same race. Absolutely. We racing with all the other humans. And we need to, we need to, you know, I mean, and, but at certain points, I think that that's where like the, the further right kind of derails and they try to use that for the colorblind conversation. Be like, no, 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 bro. You still have to recognize who people are and where they come from and how they bring it to the table. Just don't discredit them with it. And I think that that's where the problem with the far right has gone on with that. They have co-opted the rest of the Republican party is that they're ruining our civic engagement as good Republicans and giving the Republican Party a bad name in that sense because we have given the platform to the fringe element to the point to where now they advertise it and mass hysteria is encouraging them now. Which brings me to... Somebody who doesn't know much about it and just being like an onlooker, it did look like, yeah, the Republicans are, you know, like, not good. Yeah. Like, Absolutely. Everything. That yeah, no, no, we, 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 we get a racist. Yep. That they, you know, are sexist and all of these negative things as somebody that doesn't really know much about politics, just the way it is perceived in the media, a hundred percent. Which surprised 100%. me that you were a Republican because that's just what I thought was like, Oh, are, isn't it? Isn't it like the bad people? Are exactly, and, and and you know, and and that's the thing is like I spent a lot of my life running away, running away from the Republican Party, or saying I've ever had any affiliation with it. But I've sat on both sides. I voted both sides. I voted independent sometimes. Uh, you know, and then there's cases like, especially because most people don't understand like how a race 
uh, happens in California. Not many people know that like there's there's a two step system to getting elected like in 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 California. So the primaries run and they let everybody run in the primaries, and then the top two vote getters make it to the final round. So like even for as much as like people in the rest of the country are like all oh, those damn libs in California, it's like bro, look at the data. Like we may live blue, but like weirdly we vote red because of all the gerrymandering and the miscommunication between our constituency and who represents us. And because of the way that the voting system is set up. So like there are counties where Democrats run against Republicans all the time, but because there is enough Republicans to split the vote, you end up with two Republicans running for office against each other and no Democrats on a ballot. Because them's the brakes, kids. Because that's how the voting system works. So you know, so some some states this this voting system that's in place where you have people compete on a Super Tuesday, and then the next voting cycle, all the people you wanted to vote for, they ain't gonna be on the list because we only put the top two. So you can end up with only Democrats wow. one time. You can end up with only Republicans one time. You can end up with just just one singular guy. Because somebody just goes incumbent long enough that other people give up. So you have, like, districts that just get run for, like... I mean, everybody talks about, like, oh, you know, California is so liberal. And it's just like, dude, I I spent a lot of my life in North County, San Diego. And most of the districts over here, because of the military, they're all red. Like, it's Dynawold, oorah, country music, love my patriotism, let's go America. And like that's that's all I've known. Like it's just no, please. It's no different than the Dixie South out here. I mean, shit. Go to Fallbrook. Go to Santee. Like there's just as many fucking Uruk Confederate flag assholes out there as anywhere else in this country. We we have them in abundance everywhere. <laughs> and on that note, on abundance, before we come back to actually talk about the news, we are gonna take a little break. <laughs> receive a call or message that mentioned social security and demanded immediate action did the caller know your social security number or other personal information and tell you that your social security number had been used in connection with a crime did you feel worried that your social security number might be suspended your bank account might be frozen or seized or you could be arrested that is not the social security administration social security will not threaten you demand your personal information or instant payment, email or text you pictures or documents, or use a real government official's name to gain your trust. Social Security does not accept payments by gift card, prepaid debit card, internet currency, or by mailing cash. Criminals use these forms of payment because they're hard to trace. Don't be fooled. Hang up. Ignore them. Report this criminal activity to the Social Security Administration Office of the Inspector General at oig.ssa.gov. All right, we're back from the break. We're back from the data dump. Now people may know more than they would have liked to know, or they know enough to get angry with me, or they know enough to understand where I'm coming from, and then they know how open your mind is to anything. And here's the big part. I'm going to tell you right now that as someone who believes in having your own path in their life, whatever decisions you make on Air Sarah are yours and as they should be. 
So, like, as we find, like, how you're going to vote and how you're going to make policy, I do not care if you vote Democrat. I do not care if you vote Independent. I do not care if you vote Republican. Just don't vote tinfoil hat and we'll be okay. And and we'll find, we'll find our way together. And maybe I'll still be a Republican at the end of this year. Or maybe I'll be like, no, I can't in my uh, no, no. But I'm gonna stick through it. Like I, I realize that like this is. Voting again this year? Can't we just vote? Are we, we're voting again this year. We vote every two years. You have the midterms every two years, every two- and then you have presidentials and big ones every four years. So like depending on the okay, site. Yeah. yeah. So like there are some cycles where you're voting for governor, mayor, and president, and then there's some cycles where you're just voting for like mayor and president and then there's some cycles where you're just voting for everybody in between so we're gonna learn about those things along the way we're gonna have a little civics discussion every once in a while because you know what people gotta learn like i mean again like i said earlier like the average is like one out of three people actually engages like i think the heaviest turnout we had was was this last election in in nearly like 60 years we had a we had like a barely like forty percent engagement in the last election, and that's the only reason why Biden won. And P- like, and, and listen up, folks. All right, I'm a man of statistics. I'm a man of facts. If you want to go around and purport misinformation, that is your choice. But I will not stand here as a representative of what I believe is is the the ethical responsibility of my party. What is the right thing to do in our civic duty to our country? We can't lie to ourselves. Lying to ourselves and creating these excuses is what continues to put America in this hole. So we need to recognize what the truth is and stick to it. This whole post-truth era bullshit that's come out of the right is really peeving me and it's making me upset. This is what detracted me from being a part of my party and engaging it for a few years and then dipping to the other side and dipping to the backside. You know, and it's funny because like there's a there's a producer that I will leave unnamed until he shows up on the show because I know you out there and you listening, brother. And I probably pull you on this show eventually. So we're going to talk about it. And he'd be like, I got you to take that red pill. I'd be like, bro, I no, you don't understand what that red pill means. And uh, a matrix uh, matrix analogy for politics is not what you think it means. <laughs> but I totally get your attempt at trying to get me to the dark side. But I don't go that dark on the Republican side. You know, I'm, I'm a... <laughs> You know, I'm a, I, I just, I'm not, I'm not going to go that far down. Like I go down the rabbit hole as we do every week, but I don't go that. I, Alice does not get lost <laughs> with the caterpillar on, on the crack right there. No, exactly. No, go no. down it, but not yeah. all the way. Down. Yeah, no, exactly. Yeah. So, so, so we just came back from the break. We came back from a data dump. You kind of understand where we are. You kind of understand where I, I am. I, I really, at this point in my life, and they're like, yeah, it took long enough for you to become Republican. I'm like, watch out, Republicans. I'm going to reform the hell out of you one episode at a time because I'm tired of it. I'm tired of it because these, these are the people that represent – these are the people that represent the party that, like, I was more or less born into, that I came to understand was going to do good things. The party of Lincoln, the party that, that's at the backbone of the conservatorship of America to take care of it. And yet we now, like, we're overrun by swastikas. We're overrun by Confederate flags. We're overrun by rewriting history as it's happening. Like, this is crazy. Like, like if, if you were to take a 100 years ago Republican and bring them today and they can understand tra- time travel and they can put up with, like, you know, historical weirdness and, and Blackberry phones and all that shit and understand what a tweet is, like, get past that segment and then look at their party and go, what the hell happened to it? Because we now have a party that's saying that, like, it it's not okay 
for Black Lives Matter to go out in the streets and get angry. Because I'll tell you this. I understand where they're coming from. How many times does someone have to get shot for doing nothing wrong? How many times do people have to get mistreated for just driving while brown? I'm going to tell you this right now. I have, I can tell you, personally, I have lost three really nice choice automobiles in my life. Because I've literally been driving a car just while being an olive skin brother going through the hood. And someone pulled me over and went, excuse me, sir, you matched the description of someone we have an APB for. I'm like, oh, really? Oh, really? And then I get irate because I know it's not true because the first thing that comes out, out of their mouth is, you match the description of a young Latino male. And I go, oh, that's funny because I'm Hawaiian. And they go, hmm. And then, they, and then they start racial profiling me. And I'm like, dude, do not, do not get on this right now and tell me what I am. You know, and then that's, that's, that's the weirder part is when you get a quota cop who turns around and just like assumes for you on what you are and what you be doing and how you be acting. And yeah. So then they find a stupid excuse to impound my car, you know, that, Oh, you seem to have a, like one guy, like, seriously, I was 27 years old. I was like a year and a half into working at Disney and I could finally afford to buy a brand new car. And it was literally the only time in my life I bought a brand new car. Because usually I, I love the good old boy system. I know how to dicker. And I know how to get myself a hot ride for a good price. My daddy taught me well. Okay? So I know how to go out there and find a $10,000 car for 800 bucks and a mechanic special. And turn around and have the hottest ride on the road. But I felt I owed it to myself collecting that Disney money. Working for the mouse. That I was making good money. I could, I could pay... You know, I could I, I could pay for for a loan. It would build my credit, and I literally had yeah. a dime size hole because my rear tail light cracked because some some poor lady in a hurry during Christmas season backed into my car and just lightly crunched it, and there was like a I kid you not a dime size hole in my my rear tail light. and this guy pulls me over and essentially does the whole "What's a boy like you doing in a car like this?" As like, I'm leaving the hood. I went to go visit my grandma. I drove over the bridge to the other side of town. Go back to the, you know, the other side of the tracks and see how how the other half still lives. Even though I'm, I'm on the east side. I'm living in Orange County. I'm working for the mouse. My life's together. I make really good money, you know. And they're like, you know, you could have broken that taillight to short the car to unlock it. And I was like, what kind of man from Uncle Crazy what? Technical? Like, like, you like you, yeah, wait a minute. So you would rather... Like construct this convoluted. I stole this car because I look too. It looks too nice for me. And then he looks at he looks at my my ID, and it's it says that I live in that neighborhood. And, and but then he's just like, oh yeah, what, what are you doing? What's what you know? And then he's trying to justify how I could or could not live in the neighborhood. And then the second officer comes up, and I'll tell you this: this is the more interesting part about it. Uh, my family comes from a deep history in North County, San Diego over the years because of being stationed out here. We've had a lot of extended family make their roots here. I have family in law enforcement. I have extended family in law enforcement. I still have a great respect for law enforcement, but I I notice where the dunderheads are in the game and where the good guys are. There are good cops and there are bad cops and bad cops make good cops look bad. And there needs to be a lot of police reform. And I actually come from a town where police reform is a huge thing, like to the point to where like they don't they don't even hire ex-military guys anymore because they understand that they come with psychological issues like PTSD or the fact that like the United States Marine Corps had the empty hand policy and training. 
Do you know what that is? No, what's that? That means if your hands are empty now, they could have a gun later, so shoot to kill. Oh, God. Yeah, most people don't understand that. Even even some like civilian kids of other other officers don't understand that. But I can tell you, growing up in a military town, having friends that went straight into the military after 9-11, came back damaged, battled, and bruised, that I then put my time into to help because my community needs to support its veterans. And they're like, dude, yeah, I've shot children. And be like, what? He's like, yeah, don't, don't, don't tell anybody. That's why I'm not going to say who said that. But I'm going to tell you this. That like their training for the longest time pre 9-11 during during the 9-11 era was that can have a gun in its hand one day. So you should just shoot it. Doesn't matter if it's seven years old or 70 years old. Shoot to kill. And what a lot of Americans are barely understanding right now. And like I'm going to go on. I'm going on a rabbit hole here. I'm going on tangent because it needs to be talked about for a little bit. Is that how many undisclosed deaths occurred in Desert Storm, in Vietnam, in Operation Iraqi Freedom, in the raids in Afghanistan, the most underreported number is civilian deaths. And it is just starting to come to light through journalists who are sticking their neck out there, no matter they be conservative or liberal or whatever. I don't care where, where you think their party line sits. These are people out there investigating the truth. And they're finding that children, women, somebody's grandparents, somebody's uncle, people who were caught in a crossfire. And what's crazy is that because these people live in war-torn zones, their loved ones looked at it and went, oh, you know, sometimes you're just unlucky to be caught in a raid and you die. But then now these people are starting to find out that those places were specifically targeted by the DOD, by our militaries, and said, yeah, they're, they're making bombs there. And then it gets disclosed five, ten years later, oh, yeah, that was just... People were baking bread in an oven and kids were playing on a roof, but we decided to blow up their house anyways because we thought there were weapons of mass destruction in there. Wow. And then nobody cares to disclose. Who wants to be proud of an American? Why do you think the rest of the world is upset with us? Because we are killing their babies. We are putting their children in harm's way. We are disregarding the value of human life because we are biased to think that the same people that live over there are the same people that got in those planes and ran into the Twin Towers. This coming from the same people that go, oh, not all Christians are the same. Well, then, bro, why do all Muslims have to be the same to you? You're not a very forward-thinking American if you're going to lump them all in the same category. That is disrespectful. That is 100% disrespectful to those people, where they come from, the tribe they come from, the people that they be, the people that they look out for, the people that they live for and they fight for. You don't know them. So what are you, what are your thoughts to come in and bias and go, you know, at the end of the day, you're like, oh, well, not all Americans are the same, so don't judge us. But they're the but Americans are the first ones to go, oh, all those people are bad. Lump them all into a generalized category. Yeah. American generalization is a terrible problem right now. And it's sweeping yeah. harder and harder into the mass hysteria because then now you have people like what's going on in Canada, which brings us to like finally like an hour in. We're finally talking about what, what's happening this week. Now that you understand where we come from, let's talk about his week. Like this is this is where yeah, this is where. Yeah. No. Yeah. OK. So since, you know, you don't follow and half our people listening out there don't follow. I'm going to make sure you start following like so the freedom convoy as it's being called is sitting out on a a bridge that sits between Canada and the United States okay it's it's it is it is essentially a 
a diplomatic bridge in essence. It is one of the most free roads that connects our two countries that are uh, our brothers, our sisters, our friends with one another that recognize that like an open border is good for commerce, right? Which is really funny. Absolutely. It's like we don't want to put a we don't want to put up a wall in front of Canada, but we want to put up a wall in front of Mexico. Yeah, that's pretty messed up. Huh? It is pretty messed up, bro. Like at that point, like is it is it really racially driven, or are you really complaining about it? Because like you could say just as many problems with certain certain bad neighborhoods in the Midwest. They'd be like, yeah, you know what? I'd border off half of Montana because it's just covered in meth. We could do the same thing with Arkansas too, you know. <laughs> so it's like, why do you want it? Like, don't, like just because Juarez is terrible doesn't mean you need to hold it against the rest of Mexico. Just because the Central Party right now kind of got infiltrated by Nexium doesn't mean you need to hold all of Mexico's politics responsible. Just because the federalities are corrupt doesn't mean you need to hold Mexico responsible. I mean, I know I just listed off a lot of reasons, but I could list about 20 more that America's done that are 10 times worse, especially when the LAPD is responsible for running drugs and guns with the Sinaloa cartel and is ballsy enough to just let that out there on a Nat Geo documentary, but they don't have enough balls to show their face because they know it's illegal. Wow. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Which, by the way, watch Traffic by Mariana Van Zeller. Nat Geo's not paying me to tell you this, but that is one of the most crazily righteous journalistic journeys that you can go on. That woman covers everything. She gets into everybody's home. She meets every, like, person in the seediest parts of the world. And you want to see how really broken America is? Like, check that. Like... You oh, should good. really, yeah, absolutely. But so we got there's a freedom convoy that is is yeah, sitting yeah. that's sitting out in Canada, and it is um, hmm, how should I say it's um, well you know what they're they're saying it themselves. There there are people out there with Confederate flags and MAGA signs and literally signs that say "We the Fringe," so they're now co-opting the fact that they are the alt-right. They're just giving it a different name. They're calling themselves the fringe. So they're they're just trying to relabel it in their dumb, let's go Brandon type of way. Again, giving Republicans a bad name by misrepresenting the entire culture of conservatism by just being racist douche nozzles. And that's really what it is. It's like, pick what kind of conservative you are. But mind you, one of them is bad. (laughs) One of them's kind of racist, bro. Wait, so they're off by this convoy what are they what, what what what's what's behind it like why are they there <coughs> i am glad you asked that question sarah because that's what i'm coming to so for those of you that may be paying attention for those of you who may not be paying attention this freedom convoy is sitting up in canada because it is protesting mass mandates it's fighting for canadian rights even though it's a bunch of americans sitting on a bridge protesting at Canada and being bankrolled by conservative GOP money. Yeah. So you have fringe lunatic Americans protesting Canadian slash American ideals, but causing problems for Canada. That is disrespectful. If you want to have discourse, have it in our country. Exactly. Absolutely. Don't go tell exactly bro and canada is its own hornet's nest of problems i will tell you as an indigenous person of america there's just as many problems in canada but at the same time canada is well aware enough to know that it's got to fix its shit okay but so then you have this problem here so like the american public thinks that the american public 
thinks that there's this freedom convoy fighting for freedom against Canada. But meanwhile, it's underreported because Canadians don't believe in fringe news. So they're not going to overcover the crazy shit that causes mass hysteria. So again, mm-hmm. like the common sense is underrepresented in, in conservative media because it is not a soundbite that helps the dark money's cause. And there's dark money on both sides, and you people need to grow up and recognize that. There's there's a CPAC behind everything these days, and it's either dark money from the left or it's dark money from the right. But it's all dark money, and it needs to come into the light, and we need to talk about it. So, you know, hacktivists have actually done their part. Part of the Anonymous Collective has turned around and backtraced this money, and there are donations coming in from government emails. So you can trace that there are people voted into office that are sending money to this convoy and everybody out there is like, yeah, you know, they're fighting for freedom and BLM burned down the streets and these guys aren't doing anything bad. I'll tell you this. They threatened the life of Royal Mounted Police this past week. There are people that have been arrested up there and it's not being covered majorly because Canadians don't cover fringe news heavily because they recognize that uh, the mass hysteria that it cut, that, that increases. So yeah. America's fringe news owns the pulpit on this. Because nobody else is talking about it in the conversation, so they can turn the view right. of this and make it look like they're freedom fighters, that they're representing our party correctly, and that they're they're doing what's right on behalf of the American people and, and fighting for all of North America and telling Canada what to do right. Meanwhile, they're ransacking towns, so they want to pull this old BLM, we're, we're better than BLM, and BLM's, BLM's no better than those, they, they lit fires to cities. Meanwhile, we've got... Crazy swastika wearing, we are the fringe, Confederate flag dude standing in the middle of a freeway threatening acts of 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 just terror and and, and life threatening acts against Royal Canadian Mountain Police, against the people of Canada. It's like, dude, these you know what? Don't please please don't count these Americans representing me. You know, this is that point where I go like, not all Americans, bro. We, like, we can't, not all of us are crazy, bro. Yeah, not all of right. us are going to like, <laughs> we're not going to block your freeway. It's just like, dude, I believe in protest, but at the same time, like it needs to be effective. It needs to tell a message and it has to be a righteous message. And this is not a righteous message. This is people who are no. pissed that they didn't get their way when an entire country obviously made a decision, bro, get over it. Biden's in office. Like I am really like i mean he wasn't my pick i'd i'd go for bernie like again republicans in a heartbeat uh, republicans for bernie but i will tell you at the end of the day i would take sleepy joe i would take sleepy joe over the cheeto again because that guy ruined our economy that guy gave us a a bull economy into a sugar economy into a sugar crash and if y'all don't know like just the simple way to look at the economics of this country and understand the flow of it and how much he upset that flow and he ruined it for the middle class and the lower class and he created an economic disparity between both ends of the spectrum and he put this hyperbole in the air that separated our country even more and pushed the GOP even further right making it seem less reasonable than it's ever been and now we have these people who represent maybe like a tenth of our party representing en masse what the whole party believes. So you have people on the left are like, Republicans are crazy. And in meanwhile, like the Republicans who make sense are like, bro, I'm sorry, but I have to apologize for all these people before I interject with common sense policy. But then you have so many oppressed people on the left. They're like, shut up. I don't want to hear it. Your whole party's terrible. And you're like, you can't blame them at the end of the day because who's getting the news? 
the crazy dude with a swastika walking down the street with the freaking tiki torch shouting, we will not be replaced and, and going Zeke Kyle, bro. Do not tell me it's not happening because I see the invites on Facebook. I see the posts on Instagram. You there, they, they've created all these alt-right platforms. You know, we have, we have telegram, we have all these things, all these things that showed us the live active truth of what was going on on January 6th. We cannot deter from the fact that that was a terrorist act. January 6th, the insurrection was a terrorist act put on by terrorists pretending to be men and Americans and badasses and cowboys when they are a sickly, terrible representation of what our country is because they don't respect democracy. These are people that built a gallows out in the field by the White House because they were going to hang people that day. And they just, oh, it's just a joke. We're just building the gallows for a joke. We're just we're just bringing AR-15s for a joke. We just, you know, we, we, we didn't do anything wrong. We just assaulted uh, Capitol Police officers and nearly killed one. And because of it, you know, like nearly a dozen of them took their lives because, you know, we don't care about human life. You know, and then these guys end up representing an entire party in a, in a, in a consciousness stream uh, of an entire set of people. And then we get this bad rap. Oh, no, what? About it, yeah. I yeah, no, no. This is the problem. Yeah, no, it it makes me angry. And that's what makes me realize even more that there's more to do to change in the Republican Party instead of running away and trying to be a Democrat and try to fit in with, uh, you know, a group of people who run slightly in the same direction as me, but I'm never going to see eye to eye with them. You know, it's just like our policies don't always interject, but because of the civic acknowledgement and the the civil attitude of the left, I tend to find myself communicating with liberals more often than I communicate with my own party. A lot of my friends think I, for most of my life, just like yourself would think that I'm Democrat by nature. And I kind of just smile and nod sometimes, but I always tell people like at the end of the conversation, I go, you know, I want to disclose I'm, I'm a pretty moderate person, but then I don't really tell them like which side I vote on or that I like from time to time will flip sides because I vote on policy. And these people misrepresent that policy. These people go out in the streets and they do terrible things on behalf of a party and they expect to get away with it. They misrepresent the truth. Yeah. They, they, they say that they act in a righteous attitude and they're out there ruining the lives of other Americans. Also, they can keep this arcane ideal of what they think America was. If you really want to come to the truth of what America was, it was an invasion upon 300 nations that resulted in a genocide and the birth of a lazy, capitalist, just confused country, you know? And now it's appropriating the culture of the people before it. Like, I, you know, that's the thing. It's like, I'm willing to play the game of America even though I'm a displaced indigenous person. I am a refugee in my own land. My family could not afford to live in Hawaii anymore, so they had to venture out to the mainland to make their bread to live peaceably because we all got priced out of paradise. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then you're telling me after we've all figured this out and we all know that we can't be a part of it because it doesn't fit into your paradigm of making America great again? Because your version of, like, if we come down to it, like, the, the progress that we should all be fighting for is a civil place for all of us. We all make money. We all live in harmony. You, you can make a, a country like that. It happens in other countries around the world. Some may be a little more socialist than us. Yeah. Some may be a little more communist than us. Some may have have princes and queens and kings. And some may actually have nearly the same politics as us. 
But there's something about their people that didn't get as misguided as we did and didn't break the system. We've broken the wheel and we're driving on it. And we're saying it's okay. And it's not. And this freedom convoy, this this insurrection, all of these things that have been like building from the extreme right and have now taken over the image of the rest of the party, you now have you now have the rest of the right serving for it. You have people who are ashamed to call themselves Republicans. Luckily, some of them are standing out, which like, you know what? I'm going to piss off a lot of people right now. Props to Liz Cheney for standing up for the Republican Party and fighting against the insurrection because that's not civil discourse. Invading Congress and saying you're going to kill members of Congress, beating up Capitol Police officers, squashing them, 100 people squashing a man behind a door and saying, oh, yeah, this is civil discourse. No, it was not. It was a terrorist attack. You're terrorists, and I hope you yeah. all serve time in Guantanamo. We'll just reopen Guantanamo and stick your asses in there because I'm done with it. You know, and then the crazier part to think about is like, I have seen people go to jail for less and they had their right to vote stripped away. Yet half of these people showed up on January 6th, committed an act of treason against our government, and now they're running for office because privilege gets you a lot in this country. Oh, you have so many people that have come apart that that are either a part of that movement, that support that movement, or were there. And then on the transverse, you also have people that were there that day and went, I didn't sign up for this. There's actually quite a handful of people that were like super pro-Trump up until January 6th and even showed up on Insurrection Day. And then they got there and they went, I did not sign up for being a terrorist. And they walked away. Like the guy that was like the guy who ran Christians for Trump is like the first person to go. That's not what a Republican does. That's not what Christianity stands for. And I didn't know that I signed up to make America look like this. This is not great. We need to get our shit together. So there are people that yeah. are, are further right than I am that sit far enough away from me on that line that I wouldn't even find myself an ally regularly with them. But I understand because of their respect for their common man that that is not a way to engage. So luckily enough, there's still good Christians out there that recognize that people do bad things and they should reform. So good on them. Yeah. What's crazy is the bandwagon that's now occurred. I mean, and then like the National Archives comes out and says like Trump was like flushing documents down, down, <laughs> down the toilet. He, you know, he was he was chewing up paper and spitting it in a trash can at Mar-a-Lago. And everybody was like, lock up Hillary for emails and bros wiping his ass with classified documents and clogging toilets. I kid you not. No, wait, I shit you not. Every pun intended in that line. There are actually commentaries about the about plumbing jobs happening in the White House during his presidency. And they're like, what's clogging the toilet? And Trump was dumb enough to think he could wad up a classified presidential sealed document, rip it to like five pieces and shove it down the pooper and flush. Are you serious? Yeah. And that's the guy we called a representation of, of the Republican Party. That guy's probably the dumbest person we've had since Reagan and Nixon combined. No, not my party, bro. Not my party. And especially as I come from bureaucrats, okay? I put my time in, my civic duty in. I worked for the, the city secretary's office, believe it or not, for that one brief time that I was not in the entertainment industry. I, I've spent time working for the United States government. And so for all you people out there that think there's some kind of deep state conspiracy going on and you're fighting for freedom out there, I'm going to tell you, you're not. I have enough experience 
in politics. I have enough experience in working for local government. I have enough family members that have worked in the Pentagon, that have served our militaries, that have served on police forces, that make huge bureaucratic decisions about policy, about the way that laws are enacted. My family knows. And I'm not just saying this in some stupid Trump-esque like, my uncle, Dr. John Trump, taught me about the nuclear. And it's like, no, bro. I'm going to tell you as someone who civically engages and has participated in my government as an employee, there's no conspiracy. Human beings, by and large, are way too lazy to, to, to create a conspiracy. And then secondly, humans, by and large, are way too selfish. So you're going to tell me that 380,000 people nationwide are meeting in secret to make a plan that they all agree on to pump adrenochrome into celebrities and traffic children across America. Bro, you have way too high of a standard for the way that people operate in this world. There is no, you cannot like, I can tell you just working in one government department, it's hard to get five people to coordinate on Aloha Friday. <laughs> so how do you think it's possible that like a secret cabal of a, a quarter million people are having a convention and deciding like lizard men, how this country is going to, dude, stop it. You're creating a puzzle that doesn't exist to turn yourself into a hero in a story that doesn't exist to try to explain something that you could understand if you took the time to engage. Because how many of these people are complaining that fall in the two out of three that don't vote? Just remind yourself this as I go back to that, that statistic of like about one in three people engage in their civic duty to vote and understand politics in this country. So for every Three people that open their mouths. Two people obviously don't know what the hell is going on. They're misrepresenting the truth and they're wasting your time because they don't even vote. So don't listen yeah. to them. Ask them what the voting record is because you know what? Another problem that's going on in America is people don't talk about politics anymore. Civil discourse needs to exist. We should openly say what I vote for. Like Americans are so weird. They will tell you. They will tell you what underwear they're wearing. They will tweet like the color of their poop. They will Instagram what they eat. They will YouTube their cats. But the second you go, Democrat or Republican, oh, no, 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 fuck off, bro. That's that's too personal. It's too personal. But by the way, my wife is menstruating right now. You know, it's just like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, bro, bro, you're just like, you're going to tell me about tampons this week, but you're not going to tell me that like you voted left or right? Like, dude, that's that's where the civil discourse needs to happen. Just because you go behind the, the, the curtain and then you, you hit the chads in private doesn't mean that it stays private after that. We, we obviously spent all this time chanting in the streets. So obviously you made decisions until voting day, but then after voting day, you're going to be, you're going to be like a nun in cloister and go like, Oh, I don't know what you're talking about. I didn't, I didn't vote Republican, bro. You voted Republican. I saw you out there for nine months screaming, you know, bring back America's greatness. It's like, I saw you. Like, so then what, now why now are you turning around going, we don't talk about that. It's like, bro, you're supposed to talk about it. That is our duty. Yeah. So it's just like, if you're going to be it, own it. Don't skirt away from it. Say it. And that's why I think that like, I really needed to express this in today's episode as you know, the, the tangent really like we're barely going to cover news. We're just going to cover the crazy thoughts of like why we want to cover this news as we go deeper down the rabbit hole. <laughs> So, yeah, so, like, the Freedom Convoy is out there in Canada, and so you've got all these misguided Americans on Instagram thinking, you know what, like, it ser ser serves them right, you know? This is our opportunity to really fight against things because, you know, 
they're, they're, we're going to make America great, you know, and all these people are just terrible and they're not, you know, it's just like, and it's sad because like I have friends that are Republicans that are seeing this and they're like, yeah, this is what we're fighting for. It's like, bro, we're going to another country and we're carpet bagging terrible ideas into another country. Do you really think you're going to ruin Canada? Yeah. Bro, they abolished slavery in 1833. Check your history. All right. America was establishing like long-term horrible slavery going into a civil war and Canada's like, nope. I mean, they mistreated Native Americans to this day, but at least they were like at least progressive enough to go, you know what? Enslaving another person is kind of a bad idea. We should make a law against that. Meanwhile, Americans like, yeah, put them in chains, free labor. And now like a hundred years later, we're essentially back to wage slavery, you know? And I definitely want to talk about that in future episodes is this economic divide and people are being bad capitalists. You have people out there who are like, well, I got to make a buck. You're, you're getting in the way of my dollar. And it's like, wait, 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 dude. You want me to go out there and sweat for you? You want to make a million dollars on my back, on their back, on her back, on his back, but you don't want to give us a site. Dude, we're doing 90% of work and you want to get paid 90% of this? That's not fair. It's yeah. not. And then and then people yeah. turn around with a bootstrap conversation and pull well, you want to own your own business and when you understand how business works one day, then you can do it too. And it's like, dude. I know what business works like. You know, I've had to turn to people. I like there there's that there's that lazy Republican that turns around and goes, You obviously don't understand because you've never had a business and be like, bro, I own three run production companies worldwide. I've stage managed over a hundred shows. At what point do you think that I not have like enough managerial experience? Like and they discredit you immediately because they've never met you. They have this bias in their head that nobody's better than them. So nobody knows anything, nobody's done anything. And like that ignorance, that American ignorance is what gets in the way of people. Is they think everybody they're better than everybody else and nobody has any understanding. And so why should I have to listen? You know, so you just have people discrediting people before they even get to know them. And, and, and we have bad Republicans giving good Republicans a bad name because they go out and they misrepresent us and they go tell people all of these this misinformation and they misrepresent. Like this terrible freedom convoy, like this terrible insurrection. It's just it's crazy. You know, but I really feel that like, uh, you know, nearly uh, an hour and 15 minutes into this conversation, I think I've gotten off enough off my chest to say that like I finally, uh, you know, I kind of feel better about myself. Thank you for letting me like, I think I've kind of railroaded most of the conversation today and everybody's like, when's Sarah going to talk? Yeah. Yeah. Like say, for those of you who don't know, it's. It's, yeah, I had to get it out of me. I had to like, for those of you who don't know, I kind of been like stuck in bed for the past two weeks. So even like when we recorded the last episode, I was coming down from like the most wicked spider bite. And I'm the kind of guy that like has to keep like, I'm a shark. I have to keep swimming or I die. And for the first time in like years, I like, I had to lay in a bed for two weeks and then I had my mind to myself. And then I was just like, Fuck, there's just, there's so much to unravel. And then I was like, Oh, I'm glad that I'm coming back on the mic because yeah. Republican. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I had I had to come to peace with myself, recognize what I be, and fight for what I believe in, and that's 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 American discourse right there. That's that's real patriotism right there. And anybody, please try to check me on that one. Please in the comment section below, try to check me on that one. We gonna have a discussion about this. <laughs> so enough about American propaganda. Let's let's cover some other propaganda, and then we are gonna talk about the fun stuff. So um. There is uh, another season of propaganda upon us that some may know about, some may think is fun, some may think is fascinating. Have you ever, Sarah, heard of this thing called Shenyun? I've never heard of Shenyun. Okay, so interesting thing is here on the mainland, 
uh, I'd see this a lot, especially in my community, because I live near a really good community art center, and we actually like host one of these regularly. Like, there's posters that go up all over town, and you're like, "Oh, this looks really cool. This is like the history of China," and you're like, "I'm gonna learn something." It's like I you think to, like you're going. Chicago, yes. 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 So, yes. like, it really comes off as this, like, traveling Chinese circus telling you the era of China before communism. But then you get there and you're like, oh, this is beautiful. Like, it's like, it's like going to like a Chinese show version of the Trans Siberian Orchestra every year. And you're like, okay, this is cool. But then if you really start paying attention, you're like, wait, did he just say that atheism is the devil? And, and and civil liberties are a crime. What What is going on here? And then you slowly realize, wait a minute, this is not the people of China. This is a weird propaganda message. And for some reason, because they pay enough and people just shut up and take money, they're allowed to parade around the world misrepresenting the Chinese culture and then impressing weird cult-ass ideas on behalf of China. And they're essentially just trafficking these people from place to place to perform for them. And yeah. And I, you know, if someone says otherwise, please come on the show and prove otherwise. But like, I've grown up seeing these shows regularly. I can tell you, like, it's it's a weird thing. Like, you go to these shows and you're like, oh, this is a beautiful ballet, and like, oh, look at this. Like, this is like watching a not so racist version of like a, you know, like flower drum song or something. And, and you're just like, I'm a, yeah, it's like Tchaikovsky's ballet. And then you're like, an hour in, and it's like, wait, this is this is a propaganda machine. This is some like cult level, like, you know, and so like, I'm not, I'm not going to fight against it in the sense of like, cause like where a lot of the media goes to like attack at first is like, this is communist propaganda. I'm like, no, 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 no. Do not tie communism into this because every ism is misrepresented. Like you can have, good communism you got bad communism you got good socialism bad socialism you can have bad capitalism okay no ism is right it's whose hands it sits in okay an ism an ideal is only as good as the people who follow it and fight for it and you need to remember that everyone so whether you want to be a capitalist a communist or a socialist feel free to believe that your ideal can change the world for the better but never detract from the fact that it should do better for the world you have to keep that in mind. So I'm not going to hold their communist views accountable, but I'll tell you like the organization that may say that it is, could or could not be behind it, but everybody's like, hey, the money kind of comes from Falun Gong. And, uh, and those guys are crazy ass, like Adventist, like evangelical, like insane, like Christian cult. And they're just out to like, you know, and then, and then they turn around and go, oh, we're persecuted Christians. And it's like, mm, are you, are you just like told to say that? Because like censorship is huge, even for like, American Chinese people. And somebody somewhere is probably going to whip you if you say otherwise. Blink twice if you're in distress, you know? <laughs> so then you got these poor people that just want to dance and they're told you can live a beautiful life in America. Just dance for Shen Yin. And then meanwhile, over the loudspeaker, it's like. Capitalism is the devil, and freedom is not for those who deserve it, but those who live for it. You know, and then you 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 hear all these backwards adages and are told these weird parables, and like you walk out of it and you're like, was I was someone trying to brainwash me, or was that something wholesome? And then you like you try to just like smile and nod because you're like you don't want you don't want to cause an international incident. Yeah. And so, like, I don't, I don't hold the Chinese people responsible for the propaganda machine that Shen Yun is. 
I do not hold communism responsible for the propaganda that Shenyang is. I hold the crazy ass cult that traffics the dancers to America and tells them to put on, uh, you know, this crazy outdated roadshow of backwards ideals and sells tickets to it. Oh, wow. So, wow. you know, and I just think that like, you know, I, I, I bring this up because there's some rabbit holes we're going to go down this year. I definitely want to cover cults, weird states of belief. And I think that that's something that we're, we're going to, Oh, I love talking about cults. I think that the craziest thing in the world, I think that like, just like people who invent them are weird ass people and they should be taken down. They should be drug out of the street and shot. Like take all the Keith Raniere's and stick them in jail for 120 years. Like dope people are crazy. Like that's some tinfoil hat yeah. shit and they're taking advantage of the people. So, uh, yeah, so that's Shen Yun. So you people out there, you see, you see those posters all up in your community and like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to go get learned. I'm going to, I'm going to get woke and I'm going to go see what like Chinese culture is about. Like watch it. Think again. Take your appearance. No, I'm not going to say think again, because this is something that exists in plain view in a country where we should have a civil discourse. So recognize that this exists. If you have a problem giving this your money, you have a problem giving this your money. If all this fails, go on YouTube, see what it is. See it for yourself. There's plenty of recordings out there. You can watch it. You know, ask your friends to help translate it. Ask Google to translate it for you. Make your own opinions. But I'm going to tell you that, like, opinions aside, it obviously tries to tell people that the way that they've indoctrinated their group of Chinese people is okay. And that you should just, you know, give in the glorious leader every once in a while and drink the Kool-Aid. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that's that's wow. just the that's just the tip of my weekly reporting in about cults and crazy weird ass things that like we need to be aware of. Like there's some crazy stuff. And then especially since like HBO is going to bring back The Vow next month. So we're going to get a season 2 about that whole Nexium thing and woof, like the way that they're tearing apart Mexico right now. Oof. Like you could put a man in jail for 120 years, but the effects of the things that he does still runs rampant. Like it's crazy. But yeah, so like, what are they doing up in Mexico? That is for another rabbit hole for another time because right. that's that's like I could do like a hundred episodes about cults, but like there's plenty of other cult podcasts out there. So it's we're gonna dip our toe in the water. We're gonna go down a rabbit hole occasionally, but we can't spend every day there. So I just I just wanted to bring it up because I was just like, you know what really like grinds my gears? Cults. So like, let's talk about them every once in a while. Let's keep people aware that like these episode on cults. Yeah, no, I'm going to put some cult episodes together. But, yeah, so, like, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> it, it just, it, it gets pretty freaking crazy. And and I think at that point, because of where we sit right now, we're going to take a little break from the news. And when we come back, we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the fun stuff. You guys have tolerated enough crazy for the past hour and a half. We deserve to talk about some fun. We deserve to escape with Sarah. Sarah. Take me away, like Calgon, take me away after these messages. It doesn't matter what you were wearing, what you were drinking, or what you agreed to in the past. Sexual assault is never your fault. Support is available 24-7 through the National Sexual Assault Hotline. Call 1-800-656-HOPE or visit RAIN.org. That's R-A-I-N-N dot O-R-G. Remember, it's not your fault. Moving forward.
the uh, the topic a little bit. We're going to go into some pop culture now and see what's going on in, else in the world. Yeah, tell me what's going on. Yeah, help me escape. Help me escape, okay. Sarah. So, have you been following <laughs> what's been going on with Kanye West lately? Oh, you mean the tweeting dumpster fire? Yes, yes, him. So, you... I don't know if you've been following it. Um, I'm a big fan of the Kardashians. Like, I've always watched them, like, because I basically thought that, like, they have no talent, and I think it's really awesome how they have <laughs> made, like, basically, you know, a whole business on no talent, and so they must have some. I always thought they were super interesting. But anyways, they're, which is they're just They're just a, so, another Jersey Shore, but with a Rodeo Drive dialect. Yeah, basically, like, it's just so entertaining, though. But, um, and now since he was got with, you know, Kanye, things have gotten a lot more entertaining. So they broke up about, I don't know how long this was ago. This but is they recently, on, this you know, is off. It's, yeah, let's get married. Let's have babies. Let's run away from each other. I like you. I don't like you. Baby, let's try again, yep, please. Yep. Exactly. Fast forward. Yeah, they hate each other. They're going to get a divorce. So Kanye's not taking it very well. And obviously, you know, divorces are hard. You know, brings out the worst in people. But with Kanye, it is bringing out not only the worst, but like the mentally unstable, the psychotic, and all of the above. So he started dating another girl right after they broke up. I don't know if you follow the Jamie Foxx. Yeah, no, he, he rebounded fast. I gotta say, for someone who says he, he, for someone who says he's madly in love and then has to take pot shots at, at at the new man in her life, like obviously someone is hung up, and he needs to get the freak over himself. Yeah. So right after, so they actually met on um, Pete Davidson and Kim Kardashian and met on on SNL, maybe just a couple months ago. And yeah. So since then, you know, they've been. In, they've been, you know, having a good relationship, seems like. And, yeah, Kanye West isn't having it. Like, there was one thing that he said that I just, I was just thought it was hilarious. I was on his Instagram. Uh, for everyone married, hold your spouse close. Make sure they know how much you love and appreciate them because there's a skeet lurking in every dirty alley waiting to help destroy your family and rock around in Calvin Klein around your children. So apparently, he is calling um, Pete Davidson state, and he's upset of the Calvin Klein he's wearing around his children. So you're saying How the guy, you? the guy, the guy who who had a hand in the breakup walks away, goes and diddles and piddles and plays around with somebody else, and obviously looked like he moving on. Obviously, didn't move on, on because like half the men in America, he has to think that he still owns his ex. Dude, exactly. like, get over yourself. What was that? He needs to get over himself. And he needs to stop, like... He needs to get over yeah, himself. And, that, and he should have recognized earlier on that talking in caps was bad. Like, I thought it was hilarious that, like, he comes back later and he's like, you know, guys, um, I didn't realize that uh, talking in caps... Made it seem like I was yelling all the time. I was like, "Dude, what you, like, like I know you. I know, I know. We have to sometimes like understand that you're a little more analog than millennials because you're like Pepsi generation asshole. But like, you don't have the excuse of being a boomer, bro. So like, please tell me, like, 
the entire yeah, internet. Like, I, he's so the, like bored about the way he feels. Yeah, you know? like, yeah. Did you see? The, they broke up. Him and the new girl that he did his make that you know he would do his her makeup. Yeah, they broke up, right? And on Valentine's Day, after he was all over Instagram talking mad smack on Kim. You know, bashing her parenting skills, talking about personal things, sharing personal messages between them two. He sends her a truckload of roses. Oh yeah, crystal clear. I saw that. I thought, uh, and then like, and then like after he got all pathetic and like incel level, shoved himself in her. Like, why don't you love me? I'm toxic, but why don't you love me? And you're like, wow, man, dude needs to get over himself. Like that's, I mean. And then that's the crazier part is how many how many guys on social media are backing him right now because they're just as demanding and ownership driven of the women in their life. That it's just, just like insane that he's got backing. Yeah, there's yeah. really people backing him up. Yeah, there's plenty of assholes that back him up. There are plenty of people that hit like on his posts. You can only react one way on Instagram. Uh, Think about that. All those posts that he put up and people, there were people that would comment and be like, dude, get the fuck over yourself. But then how many people hit that little heart? Because you can't five different ways react like you do on Facebook. There's only a heart on Instagram. So like go back to the screenshots, all those posts and how many people hit like on those because they quietly liked and sided with him. Isn't that just insane that there's that many crazy people? him on yeah or they egging him on just so entertaining and they're like yeah keep the crazy the sadomasochism of america yeah no that's the people that are in it just for the lols like that's terrible that they think that like domestic abuse because that's what this is this is public abuse to that because this is what it is we are really witnessing domestic abuse and as it is entertaining for us because we're just not, it doesn't seem like it's reality. Yeah, she didn't, she didn't, somebody's life. Yeah, no, she did not sign up for this episode of Jerry Springer. This is not an episode of Donahue. I mean, even though that might be on some of the audiences yeah. a little before your time, kids, but like We're this really is, yeah, this is, and I mean, regardless if you like Kim Kardashian or not, it's like trying to move on with her life, yeah. trying to move on with a new relationship, trying to just be a mom, and her ex is literally harassing her in front of the world. And, like, nothing's being done about it. Yeah, nobody, no, no. Every, everybody goes out and buys this new album. In and say, hey, yep. And this is okay, and we need to actually do something about his behavior. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, absolutely. No, I mean, this is a guy that, like, I mean, I don't think... I don't think right now the court of public opinion is, is powerful enough to cancel his ass, which, like, I'll be the first be the first to say that like sometimes you just got to cancel an asshole like dude our, our which which is a whole subject for another time i'm gonna tell you why cancellation culture exists here and you know what whoever wants to jump on the comment train about this one cancellation culture exists because there is no system of accountability in america prisons don't do anything to reform people so the court of public opinion has to do it because real courts don't do it anymore there's no such thing as justice in the country look at the privilege the disparity of how things are done i can tell you plenty of stories from a document document handler's perspective of seeing public documents of how the court system works of of going to these courts of reading the minutes of participating in the system and i can tell you that like the disparity in there it's it's a wide freaking gap and people just don't get it until they see it yeah yeah so, crazy oh yeah no, and, and so that's why every once in a while 
people are getting away with, and it's just insane. Yeah, no. So every once in a while, you need to spank somebody on the butt, tell them to go to their room, and they may not be able to come. Like, you're grounded for 30 years, son. And be like, okay, yeah. No, like, right. like please, please tell me right you know, now that, like, I like for every, like, one person that someone crazy turns around and goes, you can't cancel him, I can give you, like, ten people we canceled that you can go, like, yeah, no, yeah, I totally cancel that guy. Like, Kevin Spacey, like, crazy fucking rapist, let's cancel him, you know? Cosby made an impact on, on culture, but you know what? Dude openly, openly talked about his Spanish fly routine and enacted it on women, fucking canceled. But we'll talk about him. We'll have yeah. public discourse about him. But like these people that just get let off the hook, they get to do terrible things in public. And then like he's never going to be held in a courtroom for domestic abuse. He's never like that's no, that's won't. stalking. That's cyber stalking. That's cyber bullying. That's like all these things. And then someone's going to come out and go, oh, you're you're a bleeding heart lib on this one. I'll be like, go rewind back to the beginning of this podcast. I'm going to tell you what right now. I believe in accountability. You know, so that same part of you yeah. that says that our police need to do their, be able to do their job and hold people accountable. Well, then we need to be able to hold ourselves accountable, be criticized, go to court, take our comeuppance and, and take that hit on the chin and recognize we fucked up and reform ourselves. Yeah. It starts at home. Absolutely. It starts with you. Get your shit together. Kanye's fucking crazy. Kanye crazy. Well, right? yay. I, I find that every time he takes... Two, two, two letters off his name, or like a whole vowel, or like a whole syllable. Like he just gets crazier. Oh right, like the, no, yeah, no, he just yeah, yeah. He's gonna just be why. Yeah. Oh yeah, no, he he'll be the artist formerly known as that asshole. Yeah. Yeah. No. No. Known as this camp. Yeah. my attention now i will have to say that like i, I read this news too like even before you sent this to me for this show i was just like hmm, this is you know because like i mean i'm very much an industry buzz person like being being an office rat in this industry like i i pay attention to the hot sheets like i'm the first person on set people hear me ding they're like you didn't silence your phone they're like dude hollywood reporter and they're like oh tell me what happened you know deadline tell me what happened you know so like please tell them what happened Yeah, I'm so excited for this. So Margot Robbie is playing Barbie, which I think she is a perfect Barbie. And I'm so excited because I love her. She's just such a phenomenal actress. And I think she's just going to do that character oh, so well. What do you think? I, I tend not to use descriptors like this because then it would normally make me seem like some like second-rate movie reviewer. But I think with the range that she has in a, as an actress. Like, I mean, this is, she's a very intelligent person. Like, to choose very. to represent an IP like this and then go, we're going to play Barbie. But then, like, all these all these conservative moms out there are going to go, like, she's going to make Barbie woke. And it's like, bro, Barbie's been woke since day one. Yeah. You know, even though to some degree that like Mattel kind of had a misogynist hand in like misrepresenting her in ways. When you think about the core of Barbie and what she represents for girls and progressively what she's learned to become over time as as a franchise, as an IP. Barbie is telling girls that they can be 
she can be everything. Exactly. And that's such a different, like, Barbie branding than it was before. And I think that Robbie Margot's going to bring that to the table. Yeah, I, I think absolutely. Margot Robbie is going to, like, enlighten us on what, what Barbie's really going through. Like, I mean, there's... <coughs> there's countless like animated Barbie movies out there about the, like the dumbest like playtime imagination things I like Barbie in in Fantasyland Barbie the Tooth Fairy Barbie the the Sugar Plum Fairy Barbie the you know it's like but like to think that like we're gonna have a live act like I thought that Barbie and Ken in Toy Story three was like one of the most amazing things like just the idea of like this meta conversation about just the toys themselves. And then to think that like that could then start a conversation to ignite the idea that we would have of all people like Harley Quinn. Like, like think about that. Everything that Margot Robbie represents because she, she has an amazing range. She, she can represent the, the crazy end of things. I mean, this is the same woman that brought you. I Tanya that she played Tanya Harding and now she's going to play Barbie. Like, please tell me someone in their lifetime that can go from Ahab to like, you know, the man in the iron mask to like, you know, mm-hmm. it's just like, no, it's, it's a crazy jump. So like, I will have to say that like, you may call me stupid for agreeing with this could be an interesting movie, everyone out there. But like, think about this. This is a hyper intelligent woman. That's aware of what the IP stands for. That's aware as a girl growing up that has been blessed enough to have, you know, great great influences in her life to essentially bring herself to looking like Barbie through the hard effort of taking care of herself, you know, and, and and her body and everything to be able to represent like a pretty close to representation of more or less any any form of the spectrum of Barbie and then and then turn yeah. it on its head and then be like well, because that's the thing is like, which Barbie is she going to be? Because the think about like all the things that you have, you'd have like Dr. Barbie, you have like, you know, wedding day Barbie, you have like in Malibu Barbie. So like, are we going to get Malibu Barbie or are we going to get Dr. Barbie? Going to encompass. Oh, I'm so excited to see this. Yeah. You know, like who's going to play Stacy? <laughs> that's what I was thinking. Are all of the characters yeah. going to be in it? No, like... and, and... I'm sure guys out there who are listening right now, they're like, how do you know way too much about Barbie's? Like, bro, grow up in a house with six women. You'll know way too much about Barbie, too. Yeah. I feel like everybody knows Barbie, though. Yeah, everybody you know, does to agree. Yeah. Until the Aunt series came out, she's got like four sisters. What is it? I can't even. Chelsea, Stacy. No, yeah, she got, she got, she got, she got a huge friends cabinet that just kept on expanding. Like, I remember in the 80s, like, my my older cousin is just like, every different week there was just like a different type of Barbie. There was another friend. There was another relative. You know, it's always Teresa though. Wasn't Teresa like a staple best friend? You know, yeah. like the Burnett friend. Yeah. Oh yeah. I well, I, going, I, I just saw that Farrah America. What is it? Farrah America. America Farrah. I forget how to say her name. <laughs> just got added to it. What I'm America Ferrera is added to I'm the show? So wait, if she will be. That'd be kind of cool. Like, I can get down. This is crazy that I'm kind of excited about a Barbie movie. Like, I have to say for the men's men out there that are listening, like, guys, you you don't get where this sits as like for someone for me as a as a 
uh, as a as a production coordinator, as as a writer producer, uh, as someone who has a stake in this industry, to think about an IP like there are IPs that I think about every day that I'm like, you should try to make a movie out of that, or maybe we should reboot this, or maybe we should revisit this idea. And it's like people don't understand how much the Barbie IP has been dragged around in the background of Hollywood for years, and they just keep coming up with straight to DVD bargain bin CG movies. And then now they're really like, yeah, let's let's legitimately take her to the big screen. Make a big, big Hollywood Barbie movie with some of the top actors. Guess who is playing uh, Ken? The dreamiest of dreamboats. Yeah, no, like even even every straight dude out there is like, okay, respect, respect. All right, that's that's a dude who who's got range. Like I've seen him go to war. I've seen him go to space. I I've seen him go to the boardroom, and now I'm gonna see him drive a hot rod Corvette down the road on a Malibu sunset and sweep Barbie off her feet. Amazing actors. To, to play characters that are everything, basically. <laughs> but, caveat emptor, buyer beware, okay? Like, think about this. How many other things that are, like, crazy IPs that people have attempted to try to make into something that they get amazing actors attached to that it turns to complete crap? Oh, yeah, think about why? like what, what can you think of that was crap? Like, uh, Dungeons and Dragons, the Jeremy Iron Dungeons and Dragons, that was freaking terrible. Like there are fanboys everywhere that be like, dude, how could you even bring up that name? You know, that there there are plenty. Like how many times have we ruined or succeeded at Dune? How many times have we like no like think about like all the franchises that we go, let's revisit, let's reboot, let's give an opportunity. And and they put a like there there was like a crayon movie once and we're like how do how do you make an IP out of crayons we're like oh well let's let's put like twenty amazing let's have Michael Caine Morgan Freeman and like every other crazy background voice actor in the world and we'll make a movie about crayons people buy into it and nope but you can put Patrick Stewart in an emoji movie and it sells what the hell is wrong with America. Yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. I guess you just never know. Huh? You never know. So, like, I'm going to have an open mind because I'm a good forward-thinking mm-hmm. 21st century human being. But the bigger question I have to ask is, is this going to open a conversation for Mattel to figure out slash fix slash repair the greatest trademark rights dispute in music slash toy history? You know, you know, you don't realize you know, but you know, okay? I know. The song by I don't Aqua. Know I, know. I, I don't know. Barbie Girl by Aqua? Oh, I'm a Barbie Girl. Uh, no, no, don't say it. We're going to get sued by Mattel. Stop, stop right there. We're going to get sued by Mattel if you keep going. You go more than 16 bars, we got to pay money for that. <laughs> Yeah, well, see, and that's the thing is like most people don't realize is that you know what you know why like that that song disappeared as fast as it took over everything is that like it yeah. technically it so it's enough of an infringement upon the rights of the IP holder because the whole precedence of the song relies on Barbie to make money. So that's uh-huh. that's technically a corporate appropriation of another person's entity. So that song disappeared as fast as it hit heights because Mattel was like, bro, no, 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 no. This is not how Barbie's represented. And so one of the weirdest, like, 
trademark disputes in history began the second that that song came out. Really? I never knew that. Do you, how, how many times have you ever heard it played on the radio since like it came out forever ago? Now that you say that, no. It was a huge hit when it first came out. I remember being younger yep. with all my friends and singing and then boom. I Yeah, I don't, I don't think I've heard it really on the radio. I can't remember the last time I heard that song. Because Lawyer Barbie used her her freaking prowess in the courtroom and took their <laughs> the court and went you can't talk on my behalf you can't speak <laughs> uh, 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 lawyer barbie yeah para and and para and paralegal stacy helped her out yeah that's right that's right that's that's right like uh you know lawyer barbie and paralegal stacy went to town on aqua <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and and admin secretary Ken showed up and looked saucy in a very like suits type of way and said, "Let's take him down." Yeah, so, yeah, it, that's right, that's right. I'm forward thinking enough, ladies, to recognize that the secretary would be Ken in this case. You know, ain't ain't nothing yeah. wrong with a hot male secretary. Like guys, like just just accept the fact that like there's different different strokes for different folks. Yeah, I mean, dude, those gosling eyes. Like I I'm a very straight and secure with my sexuality man but you know what i can admit as a 21st century male is when dude's got something going on you know game got game got a recognized game i'm a different kind of game i'm a dad bod hoping that my funniness protrudes the internet enough to where you just like you fall in love with the personality but ryan gosling he's a sex pot i gotta recognize where the game's at like i'm funny game slash like office game and he is like darling goo goo eyes perfect haircut rock hard six pack like you could be a superhero tomorrow. You could be a gangster the next day, or you could be Ken driving in that convertible down the sunset. Yeah. He chose Ken. Yeah. yeah. You know, it's just like yeah. in the same way that I'm like, you know you what? Idris Elba's a dreamboat. You don't You gotta recognize. You gotta recognize the dreamboats in the world. You gotta recognize where the game's at. So like, can't can't be mad at LeBron for being the goat. Can't be mad at Ryan Gosling for being hot enough to be Ken. Just be like, yo, bro. Yep. You get to star cross Margot Robbie. And this could be the best movie, or this could be the worst. We could we could be getting a Rotten Tomatoes report a year from now, and they'd be like, "10%, stay away." Or we'd be like, "This is the freshest movie ever," and then we'd be going a year from now. We're like, "What? How's the freshest movie ever? The Barbie movie?" Because Margot made it happen, right? and I, Ryan I, helped I out. See it though. I re- yeah, no, I'll go. You know what? We should we should have an episode. We should do a special episode about it when it comes out. And just go down the rabbit hole on Barbie. We'll talk about Barbie history. We'll talk about Barbie and civil rights. Oh we talk about, yeah. They, you, you know that there are actual, like, special edition Barbies that represent key civil rights figures? No. Barbie Barbie is very progressive. Barbie, Barbie, you know, for the parts where Barbie was anatomically incorrect, there were also things that Barbie strived to be because there were the right people in the room at the right time to help move her image forward so there's a there's a lot of things that you can get out of barbie that barbie did even better than like american barbie girl has did. Evolved. barbie has evolved she's been on evolution ever since 1950s exactly and we need to keep evolving so let's let's take it let it's take a note from barbie it's weird that i say this you know it's like i i recognize that i'm a grown-ass man with uh with practically conservative ideals here but no, dude, give Barbie a chance. I know. Like, I mean, it's the weirdest thing to come out of my mouth in probably like 15 years, but like, give Barbie a chance. Like, I mean, <laughs> this episode yeah. has gone. it's like politics, politics. 
And now for Barbie. Yeah, dude, if you guys gave a Cheeto a chance to run a country for four years, then, like, just give just give one of the, like, most talented, beautiful, intelligent women in the industry a chance to change your mind about Barbie. I'm not asking you to play with the yep. Barbie. I'm just asking you to go watch Barbie and maybe, like, we might learn something or we might hate it, but then at least we have the ability to form our opinion because we actually watched it and then we had discourse about it. And maybe if we can have discourse just as much about Barbie, we can get used to having discourse about more important things in the world. Ooh. Ooh. Nailed it. Yeah. And I thank you. Thank you. We nailed it together. And we're just gonna keep nailed on it. nailing it. Thanks. And and I think at that point we need to nail this episode in the coffin because we we have gone far down the rabbit hole. Episode two and the episodes are just getting longer. I don't know. Maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's a bad thing. Maybe maybe people will binge listen to us for six hours straight. But I don't think we should go that deep down the rabbit hole. So we gonna we gonna end on the positivity of Barbie's power, Margot Robbie and uh, Ryan Gosling taking it to another level. I, I, it's crazy. I, I didn't really think that I like I'd go from Freedom Convoy to Barbie movie today, <laughs> but we did. And that's, and that's the rabbit hole for you, huh? Yeah, and you that... You don't know where you're going to end up. You don't. You don't know where you're going to end up. And we ended there, and we ended here, and we thank you for joining us on his crazy journey today. Uh, Sarah Rodriguez, everyone. Make sure to follow her on Instagram, Facebook, and anywhere you social mediaize yourself at Mother Maui TV. Likewise, me, Morocco Mo, Kavika Hoke. You can find me on any platform at Kavika Hoke simple as that and uh you can catch our podcast uh we on spotify now and we on uh tune in pandora all those fun things so wherever you get in this make sure to hit that follow button make sure to hit that subscribe button make sure to hit the you know give us some stars rate us give us some stars we'll play some bars and we hope that uh we go far and thank you all for joining us this week and we will see you next week and uh hopefully next week we can kind of have like the rhythm of the show figured out to where we can start having guests on the show, you know, just because like we, we just yeah. finally got into madness of it. And we already got a few good men and women who want to hit the mic with us together. So we're going to start getting things ready for that. We just, we're working out the kinks. So anything you got to say, Sarah, about the comings and goings of life, anything that you want to spill to the peeps before we say goodbye? No, just that I'm so excited to be here. And thanks for tuning in, guys. And uh, we'll see you next week. We will see you next week. Woo! Bye! <gasps>